Hello and welcome again to Over the Rainbow, Achieving Mental Health for Real. Today we ha we're going to talk about a few topics with uh, Mr. Aaron Fisher. He's a, a recent friend and uh, we're just going to go back and forth and try to take our minds off of the elephant in the room. And um, I would just ask Mr. Fisher if he could give a brief description of himself and what he does. And no problem. Well, thank you so much. It was actually great to meet you, and I really appreciate this opportunity. So, as you said, my name is Aaron Fisher. I have I have lived in Asia for nine years, where I was a consultant and working with multinational corporations and on their leadership and people development program. I also had a charity there to help kids in the countryside with their education, and that led me actually back eventually to Canada, where I run a compression clothing company that has copper in it to help with aches, pains, and circulation, and I also do a lot of mindset coaching, um, consulting. I work with young entrepreneurs in the city, and I try to create as many support communities as I can. That sounds very interesting. I, I don't even have half that resume. <laughs> I work in <laughs> I work in IT and pretty much I'm home anyway. So um, this situation is is not making any difference for me almost. Um, mm -hmm. But I I want to get off of the the uh, virus sub subject and let's talk about a few subjects about mental health. And um, the first question I guess is um, how is your mental health? Do you feel pretty happy or on a scale of one to 10? <laughs> I would say myself personally, I feel, I, I would say the last couple of days I, I, I've been feeling like a good nine, but I'm also very aware of my, my mental health in the sense that like the idea of me, it's like there's the terminology of bipolar, but I would consider myself to be more rainbow polar in the sense that I feel all my emotions. It's a spectrum of different colors, different emotions that, that I'm constantly feeling that, but I allow the emotions to come as they do without saying that I am this, I am that more as if letting the emotion come, being the teacher, learning from it, understanding it, but not making it who I am. So you know, there are some days where I'll feel depressed, but I'm not like, oh, what's wrong with me? I'm depressed. I'm like, oh, depression is here. Let's learn from depression. How can we use this today? So I'm very, very aware of my feelings. I'm very, very aware of my emotions. And I'm very, very aware that they're not who I am. I am the choice that I have from those emotions and what I choose to learn from them. That sounds terrific. Um, it's, it sounds like you would be categorized as a bipolar too. But like you said, let's not go into categories. Uh, my background, if, if you haven't had a chance to see it or listen to any of the podcasts, is uh, I had some, uh, well, I've always had ADD uh, pretty badly uh, to the point where I became super shy and antisocial. And uh, that led into... Uh, OCD when I hit my teenage years and then I, I started to get more and more depressed as I got more and more responsibilities. I had kids, I had a house, I, you know, full-time job and at one point it just came to a head 
and I had, I guess what they call nervous breakdown, but I, I like to call it an episode, uh, or a great depression. And it took me about six months to get through that with medicine and, and everything. Uh, and also I still have, uh, a mild depression, especially when I'm working and a lot of anxiety when I work. But when I'm home, I'm pretty happy. I mean, you know, pretty content. So at least I got to the point where, you know, things are leveled off and, and I feel pretty good. One of the things that we talked about before the show was uh, you expressed uh, interest in, in the topic of loneliness. Now, for me, uh, I live alone. I don't know what your situation is. I don't have a partner. Um, so what, what is your situation uh, and, and what do you mean by uh, when you think of loneliness? That's a really good question. And there, there's so many different parts to loneliness. For example, there is, you know, my situation is I am in a relationship. We've been in a relationship for um, over two years. But just because I'm in a relationship does not mean I don't feel lonely for times. And it doesn't mean that she doesn't feel lonely at times as well. Though we still try to listen and hear each other, loneliness is something that happens when we start to question our worth who we are, are we enough, is there somebody for us, you know, and it's starting to question a lot of the values that we actually have in society and values that we have within us as a human. So, for example, even recently, my partner, because of this quarantine, I can't see her, she feels extremely lonely. And then she starts questioning the relationship and who we are, is this going to work? And I know it's nothing about me. And what she's trying to do is she's trying to just put a name on what it is to rationalize it. But sometimes the best thing about loneliness is to accept that, one, I do feel lonely. Two, what is my definition of loneliness? Three, what are the feelings that are coming out from this loneliness? And four, what is it that I I want in this situation? Because if you don't name it, you can't tame it. In the sense that if you don't really understand what it is that's giving you loneliness and breaking it down, it will take its time to break you down and make you feel like, oh, I'm lonely because of X, Y, and Z, where that can actually be the furthest from the truth. So I believe that there's there's somebody out there for other people. And loneliness, you could even feel lonely in a group because most people, I know myself growing up, I tried so hard to fit in. And fitting in took out so much energy from me. And at the end of the day, I just felt depleted versus when I became an adult, I just try to find people that I belong to, where I feel like I belong to. I feel like there's a family, there's a sense of purpose where I feel recharged out of it. That's good. Um, Yeah, in my situation, it's a give and take. Uh, I'm free to do whatever I want. I don't have to consider other people's situation and and try to get along with someone uh mm-hmm. i i do enjoy quiet time and um uh, but there are days where or or maybe afternoons or nights where i really feel particularly lonely and uh a lot of times at, at that point i'll reach out to a friend and you know just give him a phone call and a lot of times that that makes me you know a lot 
you feel a lot better. So, mm. uh, I think in this time period, loneliness is a good topic because I believe there's a lot of people that are isolated that aren't used to being isolated. Um, you said that you don't want to see your girlfriend. I mean, because of the, of, of, vi of the virus, um, mm -hmm. a lot of people, I think, chose to just, you know, get together anyway and take their chances and just isolate themselves as a couple. But I, I guess mm -hmm. you, you weren't ready to do that, something like that. Well, the, the thing is, I, one, I, I definitely agree with you. It's, it's the fact that if you are feeling lonely, there's so many other individuals out there that are also feeling lonely. But the thing is, some people that are feeling lonely, <laughs> they put themselves in the situation where I feel lonely, but I don't want to trouble other people with my loneliness. So I'll keep my loneliness to myself where there's with nowadays, the way that the world is made up, there's so much way to speak to people, to connect to people whether it's FaceTime or join a Facebook group, or there's a lot of webinars out there with communities for support that, you know, it's about people being able to say, hey, I feel this way. This is what I wanted to do with it. Or maybe I feel this way and I just want to be alone. But if you're feeling that you do want to connect and you do want to be out there, there's so many people out there. With the woman that I'm seeing, so the reason that I'm not seeing her is because she has an autoimmune disease. And my thing is, it's not that I don't want to spend time with her. It's I'm, a, I'm afraid that if I see her, maybe I might bring something to her and I, I don't want the responsibility. So I know that if, if I just spend two weeks, three weeks or how long this goes on for, and then I see her after I'll, I will personally feel better. So I'm doing it completely for one, because I love her Two, for my own selfish reasons, because I don't want to be the person that brings the virus into her home. And three, it's just for safety precautions, because I, I don't know. And I also want to make sure that I'm staying away from certain individuals, you know, whether this is big, whether it's small, whether it's real, whether it's fake, there, there's so many aspects on it. But all I know is that there is something going on. And I, w I don't want to be the person that makes it worse. Yeah. If I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that sounds really good. Um, one of the things that my, I have three children. I didn't tell you about, I call them children. They're adults. <laughs> they're mm -hmm. 36, 34 and 29. And they came up with this app, uh, Marco Polo. Have you heard about it? Yeah, I actually have. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what we're doing. We're each you know, kind of telling our own stories, like uh, that mission from Mars where, where Mark Wahlberg was stuck on Mars. I just sit there and I say, here, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then when they have time, they'll listen to it and respond. And I think that keeps us all closer because we can't, none of us want to physically get closer. I have four grandchildren, so God forbid I give them anything because no one knows if if there is a, you know, no one knows if they have it unless they're tested. So I stay away from everyone and everything. <laughs> so. The other thing I noticed when we talked, um, you, you, you went into, uh, something called imposter syndrome. Could you explain what you meant by that? Yeah, a lot of, it's, it's a conversation that comes up with a lot of individuals. It's, 
it's almost as if we don't believe one that we're worth it or two you know we are who we are there's the idea that was given i think amy cuddy or elizabeth gilbert amy cuddy or elizabeth, i think it was amy cuddy that came up with this idea of uh, fake it till you make it and the idea is a lot of times in society people will believe that they're faking it like this is not who i am i'm just pretending to be something else where the same time, I, I don't believe in that. I believe in it's believe it until you achieve it, because we can't be anything that we're not. We can pretend, but at the end of the day, everything is in, entirely into us. So sometimes we succeed in life, and we're like, "Oh my God, what happens if everybody finds out that I'm faking this?" Or, you know, we have conversations and with individuals, and are like, "Oh my God, if they only knew who the real me was." You know, a lot of times it's it's almost like it's it's almost like we feel that we're wearing such a huge mask that when we're out in society, we're afraid that the mask might fall off. Yeah, I I I talk about that all the time. I related to, of course, my show is over the rainbow. I related to when uh, Dorothy and company first met uh, Oz, and he was a mean and powerful and, you know, pretty much a, a villain and a scary. But all he really was was that little man behind the curtain. So there are a lot of people that put up a false self, and I don't think it's a healthy thing. I think you should be who you are to a point. I mean, you don't have to tell everybody. I mean, there are borders, but uh, I think that it's definitely... Uh, uh, a, an issue that a lot of people struggle with, whether they, they, how much of themselves are they going to express? And the other thing is, since I have ADD and dyslexia, I always have to hide it. Uh, I, I'm always afraid that somebody will discover that, uh, you know, I can't understand things quickly. And, oh, uh, if they look at my handwriting, what are they going to think? So, I'm kind of always in a, a constant state of, of, you know, at work, this is, at home I do what I want and my kids know about me and they know about my problems. But at work, I don't go around telling them, I, I got ADD and dyslexia. Cause so I got to write reports. So then they don't want to hear that, you know, I'm writing these documents and, and I have dyslexia. So, um, it, 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 the false self is real really a good subject and uh, you know I go into it a lot uh, over my different uh, podcast episodes I guess that um, the other thing you mentioned was worthiness Is that, am I getting, getting that right well actually I actually want to go back to what you're talking about okay definitely. when you're talking sure um, the, re the reason why it's just the idea of like oh man um my childhood growing up, my teachers would ask me to read. They said, all right, Aaron, get up and read. And I'm like, okay. And I would look at the book and I would read. And my teacher and all the classmates would laugh at me because they're like, my teacher's like, stop, stop trying to be a class clown. Stop messing around. And I'm like, I don't understand what anybody's saying. And all my classmates are laughing. So I'm like, huh? And I'm laughing. I'm like, what's going on? I would look at a page and the words were not, 
they were different. My mind would create additional words that weren't there and it would change sentences. I had no idea growing up that I actually had dyslexia. So I, I, I can definitely resonate and I can feel what you're saying. I actually thought that this, like, uh, I, I didn't understand it or nor could I grasp it. So if all the teachers are calling me stupid and all the kids are laughing at me, then, you know, by default, I must be a class clown. So then I started to portray the idea of, oh, that I'm the class clown. And then I created this image, an illusion of me. And I felt so drained at the end of the day where I'm like, but everybody thinks I'm this way, but I'm really not. You know, it's like, but what happens? To... So when you speak about dyslexia and you speak about these things, I fully resonate with it. And it's something that I had no idea I had only until I went to college and my teacher I wrote a report and she looked at it and she goes, she goes, Aaron, you know, you have um, dyslexia. And I'm like, I, what, I don't understand. What is that? Cause I had no idea what, what it was. And she's like, she's like, you know what? She's like, you've gone in this far in life with it. She goes, it doesn't matter. She goes, just know that you have a gift and you're doing something well. And I'm like, okay. And then I went online and I researched and it's just like, you know, all these other great individuals in life have had dyslexia. So I started to see it as we were blessed with the gift to look at things in a way that other people can't, which allows us to do things that other people can't as well. That's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, the ADD and dyslexia is a horrible uh, combination. So a, a Mm -hmm. a lot of times... The only good that I really can see out of it is I tend to hyper-focus. So to get my work done, I hyper-focus. I almost go into a different dimension because time, it, it just travels so fast when I'm in this hyper-focus. So it's just a, an amazing thing and it enabled me to be successful in what I'm doing. Otherwise, I mean, if I, I, I didn't have that ability, I, I'd probably have a hard time and I, I just can't imagine other people that have dyslexia and, and ADD and they don't have enough to overcome it. And and I think that's when you're talking about people maybe that, you know, are on the street or they're taking drugs or, or getting into trouble. Um, one of my episodes uh, called Dyslexia uh, talks about that and uh, my son, who also has it and had a hard time with it since second grade, uh, we had to send him to a special school on Saturday and it seemed to help because he got tested when he was 18 and it appeared that he was borderline dyslexic, but he still feels uncomfortable reading things. I can go in and try to read something and if it's like has a lot of people's names in it or something or it has terms that I don't understand, I'm just... No matter how many times I read it, I, I, it, it doesn't get through. It doesn't get through to me at all. So uh, that's interesting that you have that. I would recommend listening to that episode because my son put the real positive point on it. He, you know, he just says that, well, you could let it destroy you or you can, you know, fight back and like listen to audio instead of reading, which he does a lot, uh, get grammar checked. Get spell check, and those those things will help, and and 
you need to fight it. Um, I, I can relate to the different type of thinking that ADD people do, and I guess dyslexia as well, where we're more of a, not going into the trees, but more of a forest type thinking, high level, and also out of the box. So mm. that's good and bad too, because if I'm talking to my friends and I, and I say something out of the box, you know, they'll giggle. You know, I, I had a lot of problems growing up because of these ADD. I mean, it's so easy for bullies who are really pretty much attracted to you, uh, mm-hmm. to just get on your case because you, you do make a lot of mistakes. You make a lot of small mistakes and, and you lose your self-confidence and, you know, day in and day out, you just get frustrated. And, I, you know, I've been talking about that. You know, I'm, if, if there was one thing they could take away, uh, with all the things that I have, if they could take away the ADD, I think I would, that, that would be the, the, the number one thing I would want to get rid of. But like you say, it does make you into something, a person that can think differently and, you know, Einstein had it, of course, and and there you go. So, um, and I like, I, like I said, I like, I like the points that you're bringing up about it, and um, you know, I really do believe that as humans, we have the ability to frame things, reframe things, and put things into any kind of perspective that we choose. And sometimes it can be positive, sometimes it could be negative. The way that I see a lot of these, um, you know, ADD, dyslexia, a lot of these things that that we were just speaking about is I see it as a superpower. You know, it's like I was blessed with a gift. You were blessed with a gift that gives us abilities in society to do things that, you know, not everybody can do. It's, it's almost like um, if you look at every superhero out in the world, it's like, you know, Superman's all, all like his alter ego was Clark Kent because he had to keep his superpowers under wrap, just like humans do. You know, the one day that they start to admit, wow, actually, you guys are all superhuman and you have these abilities. But the thing is, society hasn't been designed for you to better understand how to utilize it. And then you start to realize, well, one sec. So I have a gift. I'm not supposed to see see things as everybody else. I see things in a different way, which allows me to create and to be different and to create like to to do this. But then, you know, sometimes it's just like, well, I don't want to be different. I want to fit in. But then it comes a saying of everybody wants to fit in as well. Whether you have it or you don't, we all want to find a place to belong. So it brings back to that idea. And you were asking the question about worthiness. You know, it's like, am I enough? Am I good enough? Yeah, I mean, if I go into a grocery store, my mind just shuts off. If I go into an airport, especially airports are worse for me. Once I hit the terminal... I'm like the stupidest person in the world. I, I have to be, you know, I almost have to have somebody carry me to the gate or at least to the bar because it's just, uh, too much information at once. And unfortunately, I get very, you, you, you don't get frustrated with that. I mean, just making these little mistakes all the time. I just get so frustrated, I guess, because I'm kind of a uh, perfectionist. Uh, do, do you find yet yourself getting frustrated mm. with that? When it comes to situations like that, um, I used to. I used to get really frustrated until I realized that 
I'm going to get frustrated. And something that was very key in a lot of the development that I achieved and that I try to share with a lot of people is, you know what's going to happen. So what I do is I have my book and I journal every single day. It's like, what is the worst thing that can happen today? And how, how, what is the best way you can deal with it? And if I'm going to go to a situation that's going to be crazy, that I know that's going to trigger me or frustrate me, I visualize it. I visualize the worst case scenario. I visualize like the worst things that are going to happen. But then I create a scenario of what am I going to do with it? So when I get into the situation, not only have I primed my brain to understand that, yeah, these things are going to happen, but I've already come up with multiple solutions to come with it. So my body is not like, oh, no, oh, no, we're here. It's like, oh, yeah, we, 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 we prepped for this today. Okay, cool. And then you slowly start to create these situations where I'm constantly visualizing and visualizing. And I start my day with this so that I know when I get into these situations that I've already seen it. I, my brain, see, the thing is, when you visualize, your brain does understand if it's past, present or future. It actually thinks it's happening now. That's the power of our brain and the ability. So when I get into these situations, especially when I have to read, whew, when I have to read in front of a whole bunch of people, I visualize it and I see myself and I go through the frustration and I go through all the emotions and then I think about the situations and then I'm like, what do you need in the situation? What would make it better? And then when I get into it, I've already prepped myself to that's be great. as prepared as I can for it. So that's what I, I do in those that's what I do in those situations because I believe that we do have a power to do it. And this isn't something that you're like, okay, I'm gonna sit and visualize and it's good. It takes time and it takes practice like everything else. One one of the misfortunes I have is anytime I visualize anything into the future, I visualize I can't do it. I think that's part of my depression. I visualize, oh, I can't drive to the supermarket. I just can't do it. It's it's very strange. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of bipolar, I guess, but, uh, I had this time period where I was under a lot of stress and I had a hard time driving because I kept thinking mm. that, oh, I'm going to get, I definitely get in an accident. Uh, I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. So anytime I look into the future and, and try to visualize something, I always visualize it as, just a horrible negative thing that I don't want to do. So that's mm -hmm. kind of the stuff, you know, that I do struggle with a lot. But um... So there was a, a talk about this, and there's something that most people, they have the ability to do, but they, they sometimes they don't realize how useful it, it can be. And what I'll talk about here, something very quick. So there was, there was Beyonce. You, you know Beyonce? Sure. Yes. Okay. So Beyonce the singer, pretty much she came from a very gospel family, very church-oriented, very Christ. The idea was this is who Beyonce was, and this was her upbringing. But for her to do the things that she needed to do to get onto the stage and shake it and be provocative, it was not something that she currently could do. So she created Sasha Fierce. So every time, every time Beyonce would get onto a stage, she would, she would go on the stage as Sasha Fierce. And Sasha Fierce was her alter ego that she was for so many years until eventually Beyonce was okay and she didn't need Sasha anymore. 
And what this comes back to was when I said, fake it till you make it. No, believe in to achieve it. Now, sometimes we as an individual don't know how we can do something, but there's been an experiment where they've given children a lock that was un impossible to open up. And they said, go solve it. And the children, after like 20, 30 minutes, they, they gave up. And then they said, now I want you to try and solve it as your favorite superhero. And these kids would go and they would do it and they spent hours doing it. And when they asked the kid, why didn't you give up? He said, well, Batman doesn't give up. Now, we start to think that, well, if I have an alter ego, that's schizophrenia, that's something different, but it's not. There's sometimes we need to visualize an individual or create an individual who we feel inspired by saying that, well, if I was this person, what would I do? And by creating this alter ego, it shows your brain that, hey, well, we can try this because it's not me. I can't do this, but this alter ego can. So I'm going to, I'm going to start acting as if this, I'm this individual. Now, the thing is, you're not lying to yourself. You have this ability inside yourself. It's just sometimes we have to create this other ego to be able to, to do this. Now, to be able to do this, it's not that you're saying anything wrong about yourself. It's that you're actually harnessing more of the gifts and the abilities that you have inside yourself. So I do a lot of uh, marathons, ultra-endurance runs, and I do things where I never thought I could actually do that because who am I? I can't achieve things. And when I get there, I breathe, I harness, and I think about what is it that I want to be in this moment? Who is it that I want to be? And I harness it. And after so many years, I don't need it anymore because I am that person and I've always been that person. So this is um, an idea. And there's a book that was written about this recently as well. Um, his name was Todd Herman. He wrote a book called Alter Ego. And he, he speaks about how he has coached some of the highest level athletes, highest level actors, and highest level people, and that there's so many people that really do use their alter ego. Um, from tennis players who, when they were a kid, they were told to be kind. So when they go on the court and they started winning, they would automatically be like, oh, I'm not being kind. And then they would start to lose. So they had to connect with something else. So yeah. that was just something that I, I wanted no, to that's, share. That's um, great. And also, yeah. And also the idea of, because we all talk about in society, like, well, I must be my authentic self. You know, I need to peel back the, the layers of the onion to discover who I am. But you are the onion in every single layer. Like, you are all these multifaceted things coming together. Like, you are this, like, back to it, you are this rainbow, this spectrum of colors. You create this beauty. So... When you say, well, I need to be authentic, you are being authentic. But what is it that you're looking to be in this moment and start to understand it? Why do we have mentors? Because they bring what's inside of us already outside. Yeah. So that was just something I wanted to say. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, and what I do is at work, uh, I, I started to do it less and less, but I do turn into a different person. I don't even know mm -hmm. who I am. And that, that bothers me a little bit. Because uh, if I go into a meeting, I'm very dynamic and strong and uh, come off well and speak well. Uh, but, you know, I'm scared to death to talk to people. Uh, so it, it, it's good in, in one sense that I have that ability. But 
In another sense, what it does is it tends to drive up my adrenaline. And I think that's what, what helps me get through all this. And in the past, on the weekends after I didn't have to work, I, I got so low because I didn't have, I was a, a, a adrenaline junkie. So I got so low that it was like, uh, you know, and Sunday morning I just wake up and just cry for no reason. It was just, it, and now I've evened it out a little bit more, but, uh, I think what's happening at work is I'm not as dynamic as I used to be. So the, the, the two me's are kind of merging together. So I, I guess there's a good and, and, and a bad that, uh, you know, if you have this alter ego, that, that can be very good for you in, in a lot of cases, but, in, and then on the other side, there could be negatives to it, but it's a very interesting subject. Um, I think it, I th- when it comes to the whole Tigo as well, like when they use it, a lot of people have these activation tools in the sense that, you know, they'll, they're like, okay, I need to harness this, but they'll, they'll have a bracelet. You know what I mean? It's, it's almost like in the military where when you go into the military and you wear these uniforms and then in this uniform, this uniform stands for this, this and this. So while you're wearing it, you're harnessing that and the statements and the beliefs of it. The only problem with the people that were in the military is when they went home, they still treated their family like they were in the military. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea was it's like, OK, well, if you are at work or you're in the military and you're wearing this. And when you're at home, what is your clothing that makes you something else? What's the clothing that you wear that reminds you that you're a father, that you're compassionate, that you're loving? You know, we, we, all, we all have these kind of triggers that go out there. And by no means at all am I trying to say that this is easy. Am I, in, in nowhere at all I'm trying to say that, oh, yeah, this is a solution. I'm just stating some of the things that have been working for other individuals and you know, it's, it's the idea. It's like when you say, well, the old me is meeting up with the new me. Well, the old you has always been you. And then the, the current you has always been you. It's, it's the constant. It, it is all you. It, you've never been less and you've never been anything but you. You've always had this ability and skills and all that you are. So, but sometimes we're like, oh, no, like, now I'm starting to do this and this. And then we start to create this other alter ego in our head of, I can't do it. And then that person takes form. And then our posture changes, our vocabulary changes. Um, a lot of things are, 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 yeah, a lot of those things start to change. And then we start to harness another one, not realizing who we are. Yeah, it's very true because uh, in my family, I was the youngest. And I was basically ignored because all my brothers were very dynamic and, and bullyish. And, uh, I had ADD. So even when I got a chance to talk, I would stumble on my words and, and they would cut me off. So, I mean, it, 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 there's, there's a positive side. There's a negative side. I, I'm trying very hard to, think more of what you're saying uh, on the positive side of things. And like you said, that uh, our, our alter egos are who we are. And, and I think I'm going through a time where I'm putting them together. <laughs> and so it's confusing. It's like, you know, uh, I, I put a little bit of bad, put a little bit of good. And uh, it, it, it just, it's, it's difficult. 
it's a difficult thing to do, but I think a lot of people struggle with this problem. Um, Unless unless you have something else, uh, I was going to wrap it up. Uh, People's the golden rule of a podcast is 40 minutes. I mean, but I, I wish we can go on more. And, and oh. actually, if we could have a part two, that would be great also. Yes, for sure. Uh, before we finish this, I'm just going to finish off with one last thing for just a minute or so. No, no so if, if there is a part two, I, I would love to continue more. But and I'll go more into this in depth. It's the key thing is that at some point in our life, we forgot to give ourselves permission, um, give ourselves permission to feel, permission to feel bad, permission to be a certain way. To This is something that is so key that's just like, oh, I don't want to feel this way, but it's okay. Give yourself permission to. It's like, give yourself permission mm-hmm. to share. Give yourself permission to create. Give yourself permission to do these things because when we realize that we can give ourselves permission, we not only do it for ourselves, but we also do it for a lot of other people because a lot of people don't want to share because they don't think they're allowed to share, that this is normal. And I believe that permission and giving ourselves permission in society is so important. Like, look at you. Despite what you say that you've, you've gone through, like your grandfather, you do IT, you have a podcast. It's like, you're constantly achieving and doing more and more things where if you were to listen to everything, you'd just be like, oh, I can't. But from what I've been hearing through this whole conversation, despite how certain things might sound, you're doing it and you can and you're creating. And I think who you are and what you are and what you're doing is absolutely inspiring. And I'm very honored to have had the chance to to sit and talk with you and and to meet you. You are an excellent guest, uh, very articulate, and, and had a lot of really good things to say. Um, I think we're definitely going to keep in touch and have have a part two. Um, yeah, I hate to really end it, but um, the only other thing is uh, I wanted to say uh, to everyone, uh, hang in there. I know it's it's, it's mm-hmm. a long time that we have to wait and Aaron's separated from his loved one and and other people are probably in that situation. But if we hang in there, we can do it. I mean, when I was depressed, I had to hang in there for six months knowing that, you know, I, I was suicidal, but mm-hmm. I just kept going. I, I talked to my sister who has a similar problem. I just kept going. So we need resilience in this country right now, and I and I hope and, and pray that this thing ends quickly, so I can get back to my Yankee baseballs, <laughs> which I enjoy <laughs> tremendously. Okay, um, well that will conclude, and I, I really appreciate appreciate you coming and talking and being such a great guest, and um, uh, that's it. Uh, so. You have a really good day and a really good weekend, and um, we'll definitely keep in touch. Sounds good. I really appreciate your time and effort. And before I go, just for everybody listening, just please understand that no matter what, that you're not alone and that there's so many people out there. There's so many channels. There's so many things that you can do to get in hold of other individuals and know that what you're going through, I promise you so many other people are going through. And 
now is the time with social media that you can find this because it, there is so much positive on there. So please understand that we're here. We're here for you. You're not alone and um, things will get worse sometimes before they get better, but I promise they will get better. Okay, thank you. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. So that's uh, Mr. Aaron Fisher. He has a very articulate way of expressing himself. Um, he does have a podcast and I will put the name of the podcast on the link. I can't recall right now. Um, but I, I thought it was a terrific show. I hope everybody else enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, but again, don't forget, I have a Facebook page. It's pretty exciting. Just go search for Over the Rainbow, Achieving Mental Health for Real, and it'll take you to my Facebook page. And, you know, if you post something, I mean, that would be terrific. Uh, or if you just like it, that'd be great, too. Um, so I also have, as everyone knows, a, uh, Twitter site at over the rain one bow. And, uh, if you want to email me, I'm at over the rainbow Bob, one word, I'm getting pings from him. <laughs> so, um, it's over the rainbow Bob at gmail.com. And I hope you guys have a, uh, a great rest of the day and I hope this uh, takes you away from the, uh, the problems of the day and, and I hope those problems go away quickly. So love you guys and see you later. Take care.